0: Sequels. Let's talk about them. Let's do it. They're a continuation of a story. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they're just like, "Hey, there's another number on this thing, and it has nothing to do with the original."
1: Looking at using a Blade Chronicles too.
0: That's a good. That's a good example. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes they just change the formula altogether.
1: That's kind of what happened here.
0: That's true. We're going to talk about. A video game. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a a sequel.
1: It's a very controversial game.
0: That's true. A sequel that was the first sequel in a long-running franchise, which seems real crazy. Yeah. Well, I guess like not technically the first sequel, like the first true story sequel to another game. Correct. Because otherwise, it'd be like that's (laughs) that wouldn't have made much sense. Anyways, hello, welcome. This is the seasonal anime checkup OVA. The podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. I'm Jared. Joined as always from location and hot Florida. Can you hear me via satellite and Ladium? Are you there?
1: <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a swamp here. I mean, it's just—I mean, I mean it is a swamp. It's literally a swamp, but it's like hot and humid, and I'm just surprised that I haven't melted yet.
0: Live from Florida, we are now talking with a pile of goop.
1: Probably. I mean, a pile of goops surrounded by kitty cats. Seems legit.
0: Yeah. Uh, today, like you said, we're going to talk about a very controversial game in a series that is very well known. We're going to talk about Final Fantasy X-2.
1: I do want to mention that I had said last week, hey, I really want to talk about this thing. I need to run it by Jared. Um I hope he says yes. And then, like, after we stopped recording, I was like, hey, Jared, can we do Final Fantasy 10 And he's like, yes. I don't know why you need to question why I would say no to that. But yes, right. we're going to do Fancy 2 <laughs> So I, I was going to say I campaigned very hard for this, but I really didn't because it was literally like, hey, can we do this? Yes. Okay, cool. We're done. <laughs>
0: Considering, like, this was a backup plan for last week as well. So it's like, it would have been totally fine either way. Yeah. So this is the first actual story sequel in the Final Fantasy broad series. The twenty second Final Fantasy game to be exact, because that's real dumb. hmm
2: Because
0: <laughs> there's a lot of those. And then eventually get, they get did they did go on to make other sequels to games. Like they made one for four, uh, thirteen got five thousand sequels.
1: I think technically Final Fantasy seven has sequels if you if you wanna go True. that direction as well.
0: But I think even this predates those. It does. Uh, 15 had just a, a smorgasbord of really dumb tie-in stuff, which you could call some prequels or sequels, mostly prequels. Fishing. It's all just terrible. Fishing, yeah. Fishing in VR, multiplayer. Anyways. um,
1: But this was the first.
0: This was the first. And I guess, like, I didn't really... I wasn't in the zeitgeist of Final Fantasy or RPGs at the time when this came out. So I really don't know, like the fervor around it like how people reacted when they saw like oh they're making a sequel to final fantasy 10 like were people excited or was it like when they first saw it and saw gameplay and saw who the main cast was was that like the the first starting of the trepidation with this game
1: see i honestly don't know because i didn't know a whole lot of people that were into final fantasy at the time but um and i have a pretty funny story i guess it's funny to me um, <laughs> When Final Fantasy X2 was coming out, uh, I I couldn't pre-order it because there wasn't a store around me that was going to pre-order it. So I just repeatedly kept going to the Blockbuster and I was like, hey, I want to buy this game because I knew they would sell new games at that point. And they're like, yeah, it's coming. It's it's coming. I'd literally go every single day to this Blockbuster. Did it come yet? Did it come yet? <laughs> Did it come yet? And there have been two games in my life that I've done that with. And that is Final Fantasy X2 and Persona 3. And neither of them were mistakes in me going and hampering these poor, really underfunded employees at stores so I could get my games.
0: Did you just never look up like when the game was supposed to come out or were you just like hounding them every day?
1: No, it was supposed to come out um, and there was the ship date. Right. And it just did not come on the release date. So it was still waiting. And then Persona 3, I don't know if you remember that. That one had like... A target release date, and then it kept getting pushed back. So it was like a month and a half after its actual release date when it actually came out.
0: That that's kind of like, I guess, a little bit of a side note. Like games like nowadays, like you get them on release day, like immediately. Yeah. Like maybe sometimes like at midnight they'll just drop on digital stores. Seven eight years ago, that still wasn't the 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 thing that was happening. Like it would sometimes be like, oh. The store didn't get it until noon on the day of release, so like they're still trying to put it out on shelves.
1: Yeah, and in the case of Found Hassy Ten too, I think it was like three days later after the release date that they got it, and then I went home immediately and was like, Yes, this is amazing. <laughs> um I guess for background on me though, five Hissy Ten was really, really um impactful for me as a person, as a gamer. Um, partially because of a particular character, which you know this because you know me, but, um, like I even have an email address based off of her. Um, but you Riku, do. I do. Riku was my jam. Like she was the first character that I legitimately was like, oh my God, this character is like me. I relate to this person so much. Uh, I think she's like one of the greatest video game characters ever written. And so I was super, super stoked also, there was a romance at 10, and that's just, I'm all about that. So 10 hurt a lot. And then they're like, hey, we're going to do a 10-2, and it's going to have Yuna, and it's going to have Riku. And I'm like, I am so in, like a 1,000% in. <laughs> and so I guess that's my background coming into this, is that I've been a very long-standing Final Fantasy fan. Um, I've been a fan of the series since the 90s and Final Fantasy X was a really like emotional game for me and it had a character that I very much attached myself to so I was excited to get a continuation of some sort Mm -hmm. and I remember that this was like in the era before YouTube and all that so for all you youngsters (laughs) Uh, yes, I'm old. I'm very old. Um, it was hard to come across content for like what it was going to be except for like in game magazines.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: So, uh, you know, you got pretty pictures and pretty art and I was like, yes, this is amazing. I was so, so happy, but I didn't really know what to expect when I started playing it. And I know your experience is a ton different.
0: Right. Because, like, I had played 10 around the time it came out, but not, like, a lot of it, Mm -hmm. and never really went back to it, because, like, at the time, I was garbage at playing RPGs, because I didn't really understand how to play them.
1: Right, you weren't into RPGs.
0: Right. Eventually, like, you know, after I'd started actually kind of playing them and understanding them, with thanks to Persona 4 and all that, uh, I went back and played 10 a few years back now. And I think we've talked about this before on here, but, like, I don't really like Final Fantasy X. I don't think it's a good game, and I know we 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 have disagreements on that, and that's fine. But I liked Yuna. I think she was like the character like I thought was like the best out of that game, and I was like one of the shining moments that that game kind of had. And when X2 came out, like I never really had any like reverence for it or anything because I was like I you know I didn't really play much of X, so I'm not gonna buy this and whatever. It's got it's got the girls as the main characters. That's cool. Whatever. And then eventually, like, you came around and was like, hey, you should play 10-2. You should play 10-2. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'll play 10-2. And, like, I was just, like, amazed at how much better this game was than 10.
1: Well, and one of the reasons why I kept recommending it is because I knew how much you liked Yuna. hmm And so, obviously, you get way more Yuna in this. And the thing is about yuna she's a very very complex character that people don't give a lot of credit to unfortunately that she deserves it right um people discount her a lot and i know we've discussed this before yuna is the deuteragonist of final fantasy 10 absolutely final fantasy 10 would not have been what it was without yuna she is essentially the core of the story she's what drives it it's not Tetis. it's not titus whatever you want to call him He's not the one that keeps the story moving along. He's not the one that you're supposed to really be focusing on. He's just kind of your avatar. He's the one that you have to be in order to see her story play out.
0: And just listen to him complain about his old man.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's that. But My old
0: man just wouldn't <laughs> listen to me. He didn't like me. I had one to play Blitzball. <laughs>
1: ha ha ha! ha. <laughs> so, um, I think that's one thing that people really seem to miss is how important Yuna is to Final Face of Ten. Right. And the fact that she was the protagonist of Ten Two was just a plus yes. Like if I could do a chef's kiss, that <laughs> that's what this would be because Yuna deserved to have more than what she got in ten. Um, yeah. in terms of like character development story. Everything. Like Yuna deserved more. And I'm glad that Yuna got more in Ten Two. And I feel like it gave her an opportunity in this game to kind of spread her wings and show people what she's made of. And I'm I was so happy for that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Like I think just having her as like the main focus. And kind of, like, removing a bunch of the characters I didn't like from 10, like, that immediately I was like, okay, I'm pretty much on board with this. (laughs) And just with, like, with how the game is, which we'll get into later on, like, there's so many changes that they make to 10.2 that are so smart and make so much sense that it's almost baffling that other video games haven't really done this in terms of, like, with how they make sequels.
1: I mean... I will just say this has the single best battle system of any Final Fantasy period.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 weird how like a lot of people discount this game. And like you know it, why. I I mean I know why, but like you know you always hear about like people being like, Oh man, I really love the job system. Ten two is essentially the job system again. But oh, people is. never really talk about that.
1: <laughs> you know why.
0: I yes, I do know why. I'm just saying like that's one of the aspects of the game like you never really hear people like talking about in terms of like why this game should be good or anything like that no or like or like th- when people talk about the reverence of the job system it's always like man i love final fantasy 3 and 5 and whatever other ones they had like the early ones not ten two, which it's a, no. the same thing
1: it is literally job system yeah yeah, it, it. You know why, but um, I, yeah, hundred percent know it, why. It's it's literally my favorite battle system of any Final Fantasy. It's so so mm-hmm. good. It's smooth. It runs well. It's a lot of fun. It actually can take some strategy if you if you really um, are trying to take on harder enemies. Yeah. Um, you can't just stick with your standard like I forget what. Pains, um, class, Warrior, Gunner, and Thief. If you stick with those three defaults, you're You're never, boned. You're never going to beat this game. No. Um, and it also appeals to the collector in me that I can go and like pick up more outfits and more jobs um, throughout the game. So, so that was also really, really awesome for me that I'm like, oh, hey, I can go do this quest and get this outfit. I'm going to go do that.
0: Even though I played through the entire game and still have no idea how the garment grid works.
1: Um, garment grid's actually pretty easy. It's just not explained very well in the game.
0: Because uh. I think I, I, I played through the entire game and, like, I had stuff equipped to it, but I never understood how, like, the, the statuses or, like, those types of things worked.
1: Yeah. So it'll have. So I was like, like nah, whatever. If you had the garment grid up, um, like, say you have one that has, like, three or four prongs um, mm. depending on which costume you're in. It, like if you have like red and blue prong lit up and it's like, then you have cura. So if you're on any of those sides, then you'll have cura. If you move away from that one, you won't have it. Hmm. Um, but if you want to have the full effects of the garment grid, what you do is you actually move through each job and then it affect it. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, um...
0: So essentially you're kind of, like, comboing each job together?
1: Yeah, so you you would keep switching the outfits until you, um... until you activate the garment grid itself. And then, so if it has, like, a special ability on the garment grid, then, like, bam, you're done. And then... Huh. Um, one of the other benefits of being able to go through the different, um costumes is that eventually like once you have the special garment grids then you pop through them like there's one that's only two prongs and that's specifically so you can always get the special garment grid because you go from one to the other and then you can pop up that special garment um or a special job and then like if you want to do yuna's super dress sphere then you just move move done you can activate it
0: that makes way more sense than I ever learned in the end in that game.
1: That's what I'm <laughs> saying is they do a really bad job of explaining it, but um depending on so that's part of the strategy of the game is that if you have a garment grid and say you you really use this job the most, um, so say I use dark knight a lot with pain, which is true. Right. Yeah. Then I would want to put the Dark Knight dress sphere in a section of her garment grid, with like, say, I want to have the ability to cure or something like that, I would want to put that one in the section where it would be the ability to have Cura.
0: Hmm. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, that's how it works. I mean, there's a lot of strategy to it um, if, if you're trying to like really, really break the game. But um, you can get. Through obviously without knowing how to work it.
0: For me personally, like I don't know how much that would like go for my playstyle of like switching back and forth because mostly when I played this game, like I stuck to something until I had to switch it, and then I stuck to that <laughs> basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I have my end game is always two dark knights and an alchemist. That's always what I do mm-hmm. um, because. Fun fact: um, You can throw down like the dark move with the dark knights, and it pops away their health. Um, It's a hugely effective attack, and then alchemist can mix um, without using um, any of your current inventory, and Mm. she can pop up like uh, a mega potion and then heal everybody for two thousand HP. So it negates all that damage that they did to themselves. So you're just popping like constant, constant huge damage on them, then heal, heal, heal. It's it's a great strategy.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, That's how I got through the game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, let's go through some release info first, and then we will dive into some of the other big mechanics of the game itself. Alright, let's do it. So this game came out on March 13th, 2003 in Japan,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then November 18th, 2003 in the US and other regions. Yep. Uh, on PS3 and Vita, uh, along with the FF10102 remaster collection. Uh December 26, 2013 in Japan, March 18th, 2014 in US and March 21st, 2014 in other regions. And then on PS4 on May 12th, 2015 in America, May 14th, 2015 in Japan and Australia, and May 15th, 2015 in Europe. And then on Steam on May 12th, 2016. Wow. Plus there was also the bonus Final Fantasy X-2 International and Last Mission Edition, mm-hmm. which came out in Japan on February 9th, 2004. Europe had like a different version as well, which is why they have the international version, I believe, right?
1: Um, I don't remember, but I know that the international edition was um, a, a big deal for me when I was a youngin because right. they had the, the extra dress fears that I really, really wanted. I had plus, extra like mode, but I I don't really care about that mode.
0: I mean, plus the the box for Final Fantasy X two International Last Mission is just very nice. Like, it's got like this oh. holographic look to it. It's got like some nice the the box art's real nice. The real strange thing about this version is that obviously because they say like oh it's the international version, they just use the English voice acting, <laughs> which did. is real weird.
2: They did so you have
0: like so all the songs are in English, um, all the voice acting with Japanese subtitles. I'm going to look through this manual because I have this version, obviously, because I'm a weirdo.
1: <laughs> Actually, one of the funniest things about um, the international version, and also um, it's like this for the uh, the remasters, mm-hmm. is that they had the English voice actors say some of the lines for the new dress spheres in Japanese. Oh, huh. And so every once in a while, for some reason, I don't know why it's in the remaster, but... Um, Like, it makes sense in the international version, but in the remaster, when you're playing, like, with regular dubs, like, every once in a while, they'll pop up those um, Japanese Japanese lines. lines. And you're like, that's Tara Strong just saying a Japanese (laughs) word. Okay.
0: Well, it it makes sense because, like, they based the remasters off of the international version.
1: Right. Oh, I know. I just think it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's That's a thing that they did.
0: I do like how in the booklet, like, there's a pop-out card that's like, here's the controls. And then, like, on the back, here's a bunch of status effects in case you want to, like, just have these by you at That's some point.
1: Pretty nice, actually.
0: Yeah. I would read you the hints, but it's all in Japanese, so I couldn't tell you. Well. Oh, and then also in the back, there is an ad for Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. <laughs> coming soon on Game Boy Advance. And mm-hmm. also Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, coming soon on DVD.
1: Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Pass. Hard pass.
0: It's nice packaging, like...
1: Oh yeah, it's beautiful.
0: That's one thing, like, that I that pretty much like drew me to buying that version, just because like I like this game a lot, so I was like, I'll, I'll buy the Japanese version. Like, I have a Japanese copy of Final Fantasy A, like, and I saw like the just the way like the the box looked and everything. I was like, it'd be cool to have this version of the game, which is like the the quote unquote definitive version, and it's like it's it's the version that was only released in Japan until they brought it out over here. So it's just real neat. Anyways. Let's talk about one of the things I think is really, really smart about this game.
1: Okay.
0: It's a sequel.
1: Yep.
0: Set two years after the events of 10. Yep. When when most video games have sequels and they're set around and, like, they have them in the same world, right? Mm-hmm. We both know this, but for people maybe who don't, a lot of times the, the sequel basically be like, well, even though you've been to this entire world, we're going to lock you and gate you in terms of, like, how you progress through the game again and go through, like, this world yet again. And most of the time, we'll relock your, your skills and everything, so you'll start at one, which this game does, obviously, but I think that's just uh, the nature of the beast in terms of these types of video games. This game in particular basically is like, okay, we know you've been to all of these places in the world. You have all of those places opened up to you at the very beginning.
1: Yep, I like that a lot. And you have so one of the things about this game is that you have the airship from the beginning. So you have the ability yeah. to select where you want to go. And that's especially effective for people who've played 10. Cause you're like, Oh, Hey, I really like this area in 10. I want to go see what's happening there. And then like, mm-hmm. it'll give you an update. Like this is what's happened in the past two years in this area. And it's really, really effective. And it's great because then you're going through and you're getting these side quests and, um, y- it gives you a mission right off the bat, but you don't even have to do that. You can just go see what people are up to.
0: Yeah. It's such it's such a smart idea.
1: Oh, it's super smart. And it's great because there's a bunch of callbacks. And, you know, like I said, you're updating on what's happening. And it all counts towards a percentage because to get the perfect ending, you have to get 100%, which is hard, by the way.
0: But um, also, like, for the quote-unquote good ending, it's like 80? I think it's 80. Yeah. But like yeah, it it basically kind of lets you play the game however you want. Yep,
1: yeah, it does. So it so like if freedom.
0: So like if you want to like just, you know, go through all the missions right away and not necessarily go for the good ending, you can totally do that. If you want to go get the good ending, which it's fairly easy to do, you just have to pretty much like go to each place after each mission. You can do that. If you want to go for 100%, you can do that or you just want like want to go around and talk to everyone. Uh, chill out see what all your pals from the, the previous game have been doing see what this area looks like now like what's the new hot drama happening well, there's a lot totally do that there's a lot <laughs> it's just like I wish more games would do that sort of thing where like instead of like you know hey you played the first game but now we're gonna lock everything out for you for the second game because just in case other people hadn't played it this game's like no no you should probably be able to go to everywhere. Like that yeah. makes sense, right?
1: Like for some weird plot reason, you can't do any of this. Blah 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 blah. And this one's like, yeah, no. <laughs> Have fun, bro. Go explore.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think like, I think as well, like the way like they reintroduce the characters from ten. Yeah. And you get to see how they've how they've progressed or how they're doing two years after the fact is really smart and just like. Even though, like, they're not, like, main characters this time, just being able to, like, kind of, like, check in on them, help them out with some stuff, it's real, real good. Like, that's the type of fan service that is, like, very good to have.
1: Well, and even, like, minor characters, like, you have the old summoners that Yuna would see on, um, her path in 10. Like, you have Donna and her Mm -hmm. guardian, and then you have, like, the three brother guardians. Um, True, yeah. Isaru or whatever. Um... Like, you keep running into these guys, and you're like, oh, hey, I remember you. Like, you weren't that big of a story bit, but, like, you can meet up with them, and you can say hi. And then you have, like, uh, these chocobo nights you can run into, and you're like, oh, hey, what are you up to? And, you know, a lot of times they'll ask you, like, do you remember me? And if you do remember them, then you're like, oh, yeah, I remember you. But if you don't, then they'll be like, oh, well, that's disappointing, but, like, there's what we did in the past, 'Cause they were minor characters for the most part in ten. But it's cool that you get to run into them and they didn't just like disappear.
0: Right. Even and even like if you picked no, like it would be understandable that Yuna having met a bunch of people in right. ten and probably in the two years since then may be like, I kind of forgot, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, it, it makes... But it is
0: cool, yeah. You can you can be like, Hey yeah, I remember you and like and that they, they add like all those minor characters in.
1: Mm hmm. So it's not just, like, former party members that you yeah. have. It, it's also just, like, the world feels a lot more alive. Um,
0: right,
2: yeah.
1: games, because there's always something happening, and these people are, like, even if they are minor characters, they're like, hey, you know, let's talk. Let's see what's going on. Let's catch up. It's been a while. So it it really does feel more of, like, a an adventure with Yuna than it does feel, like oh, okay, this is like a predetermined quest of like, oh, I have to go from point A to point B, and that's it.
0: Right, yeah, that's a very good point.
1: Yeah, it, it's a lot more interactive in a way that it, it's it's personal because you can pick your journey on this, and you can pick who you talk to, and you can pick like if she remembers them, if you remember them. And, I mean, there's a lot more freedom and opportunity here, which is an interesting theme throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So...
0: And they make Walker less racist.
1: They do. Um, so that's good. <laughs> um is a lot more likable in Ten2 than he ever he, was. He
0: very that. much so. It's like, hey, <laughs> him becoming a dad really mellowed him out and like made him rethink a lot of things.
1: Which is good. Like Yeah, hundred percent. How much he grew from ten to ten two. Like it's wonderful, but he is way more likable in this game. Um, I do lament the fact that Lulu didn't get a pregnant model.
0: Yeah, that's real weird that, like, she just shows up in her ten outfit and just looks the exact same, even though, like, she's supposed to be, like, nine months pregnant.
1: Yeah, and Riku's like, oh, you can't even tell. And, like, she's still wearing a corset, <laughs> and she's pregnant.
0: She's still covered in belts.
1: She is. I, so, I, I'm, I'm very sad that that happened, but I understand that, like, they're, for the most part, reusing assets. Right, yeah. Um, I think the only ones that really weren't reused are you know Riku and Pain. Um well, I mean the new characters that are a big deal, but um like they do introduce a lot of new characters that you have to interact with, but for right. the most part most assets are pretty reused and that makes financial sense.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent like I would assume like the thing with Lulu would be like oh if we redid her model we have to redo how she walks and everything like how she animates mm-hmm. and that's going to take a lot more money to do than if we just like we could just reuse her character model from the last game and that would probably be okay.
1: Although like hearing all the drama about the belts like you'd think that it would have been something they'd want to do like oh thank God we get to get rid of the belt. True yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they just kept them all. Maybe she just, she just really likes belts.
1: Maybe. I mean, She's just
0: really into them.
1: Makes sense.
0: I feel like if there was ever a game that was a predecessor to Tokyo Mirage Sessions, it's this game.
1: That makes sense.
0: Because it's it's obviously an RPG, but also rooted in like J pop.
1: It has a lot of J pop elements in it, and I love that. Um When you boot it up and you have um real emotion play... Whether it's the Japanese version or the English version, it doesn't matter. They're both wonderful versions of the song.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, at first, you're kind of like, what is happening?
0: It's a big tonal shift, especially from like, you know, 10's very serious. Like, Ten
1: is very serious.
0: There's not like a lot of room for like, you know, hijinks or anything like that. I mean, they do have that sort of stuff. But like, as soon as you boot up Ten 2, it's like, oh, this is different
1: yeah it's it's very different and a lot of people this is their sticking point of why they don't like 10-2 um which is weird in my opinion because a lot of people who like final fantasy are also into j-pop right so i don't really understand why there's such a I mean I I know why, but there's such a disconnect between like, oh hey, I'm a big fan of J pop and I'm a big fan of all these Japanese artists and I'm obsessed with simple and clean and da 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 da. <laughs> uh, but then you put this game and all like, Oh no, that no, that's ridiculous. That's so dumb. Why would they do that? And like Um Are you the same person?
0: And especially it's like they didn't they didn't even like watch half like past that that video it's like because like that the person performing isn't even yuna
1: it's not yuna and like it makes it very clear at the beginning it's not yuna because it does like name like name placards for each character when it introduces them and like you have riku and you have pain and it shows them and then it shows yuna and it even has a giant question mark by her Uh name Uh, which is a good touch by the way right Um, because then when you do eventually get the real Yuna introduction placard, like, it shows that it's her. Yeah. Um, but people are like, oh, you know, Yuna was such a serious character in this, and I don't understand, you know, she should be, like, mourning the fact that Tetis is gone, and instead she's a J-pop star. And it's like, for it's what? It's been two years. <laughs> it's It's been two years. It's not her. And three, like... That's the point of this is that Yuna had so much high expectations for her and like what people thought she should be. But it's not who she wants to be.
0: And this is the first time she's basically been ever able to like do what she wants to do.
1: Right. Um, And so that's one thing that really irritates me about this is people are like, oh, okay." Um, For one, I want to say that it's really, really annoying and also. Very, very sexist. Um, when people are like, oh, you know, now they're dressed like s and da-da-da-da-da, I'm like, mm-hmm. um, because no, and I don't think you know what that word means, <laughs> and I don't know, it's, it's interesting to me because yes, they are less clothed than they were in 10, but I feel like it's not like in an overtly sexual way.
0: No, I mean, like also, like if you look at the idol industry, like that would be common stuff that like idols would wear, right, so like it's not that far off
1: it's it's not, and I mean, obviously pain is a little bit of an outlier there, but yeah, um I don't know i, I just don't think that they understand that that's not what they are, um, I know that that's a terrible way of wording this but um these outfits are not done in the same way of say like ivy from soul Calibur or something yeah hundred percent um it's less of a overt male gaze sexuality that's being displayed in this game and i think that's part of the offense that comes in is that they're like oh you know this previously conservative essentially shrine maiden type character who we all love because she's like demure and um subservient and all that which is not necessarily true either but she opens up and decides to be her own person and yeah she puts on hot pants big deal i don't know like
0: she's like what 17 and 10
1: She's 17 and 10 and 19 and 10 too.
0: Like she's still real young. Like she's going to do what, like the fact that like she had such a, a huge tonal shift in 10 to ten two in the terms of like everything that happened to her. Yeah. Like, of course she's going to like pretty much like be able to, when she's able to do whatever she wants, she's going to like, you know, pick things that may not seem like it's her or anything like that, but she's still young. Like she's going to make some, like maybe some weird choices to some people, but like, you know, let her do whatever she wants.
1: Well, and again, like she had so many expectations put on on what she yeah. wanted to be that at this point she's like, "This is who I'm going to be," as opposed yeah. to who "You want me to be." And that's a big theme throughout this is that she's doing what she wants to do, as opposed to what everybody else wants to do wants her to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they very much missed that point.
0: Uh, well, probably because they didn't play past like the the tutorial.
1: <laughs> the tutorial, yeah, that's true. Sure makes sense.
0: It's extremely hypocritical that you'll see a lot of Final Fantasy fans be like, man, I love Final Fantasy VI, but also trash this game.
1: Right. Or one thing that I found interesting is that people are talking about um, Sydney from Fifteen and how she's like this great character and that despite the outfit, you know, there's a lot more depth to her and everything. But then Yuna and Tintu doesn't get the same kind of treatment
0: especially when her, that the character in 15 was probably a, like 95% created just for the male gaze. If no, if
1: 1000 percent for male gaze.
0: If that that, that uh that scrapped VR. VR thing is anything to go by.
1: Yeah, it and again, like there's a very huge difference in telling a character design on whether it is a sexy outfit, sexy outfit versus a sexualized outfit. Right. And there's a lot of that difference in this game that people were offended by but they just chalk it up to like oh this character that i really liked and 10 has become a s-. and i'm like uh that's no no that this game is not about sex at all
0: i mean if you want to get mad about the character designs yell at Namora.
1: i don't think he did him did he he did oh wow, wow. i mean this
0: wiki has him has him credited as, as character designer so
1: okay um, so these might be some of the only ones that I'm like, wow, I'm really into this. Good job, man.
0: He did, he did the, um, the artwork for the, uh, the International Last Mission soundtrack cover. Oh, If wow. you've seen that.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, at least he's
0: familiar with those character designs in some way.
1: One thing that I do dislike about, um, the character design, Riku in particular, uh, and it's not because it's like sexualized it's just impractical is like she has her bikini strings like up over her like love handle area right and I'm like ooh, that would be the worst wedgie in the world
0: <laughs> that whole that whole like just design is like very early 2000s
1: oh it's super early 2000s because that was a trendy thing to do at that point right mm, very uncomfortable <laughs> I, I also want to mention, though, that one thing that I very much appreciate this, about this game is that they do have the three main outfits. But each job class uh, dress here has a very different personality depending on who's wearing it.
0: Right. Like that's that's a thing even unto itself where it's like that's a lot of work to do for for work. character design. And the fact that they didn't just like streamline each different job into like oh they all wear the same thing because that would be the easy way to do it like each of them have the, they bring out their own personality to what that job would be for them.
1: I think that's so clever because it's very distinctly Yuna, your Pain. Yeah. Um, you know, you have Una in her songster stress sphere and it's like the blue and black, um, and it's you know feminine in a way, and it's really cute. And then you have Riku who's orange and purple and she's got more like elaborate design on her sleeves and again, very, very Riku. Then you have Payne and she kind of looks like, um, I'd say Freddie Mercury inspired, maybe David Bowie. <laughs> and I that makes sense because she's more of like a tomboy type character and, you know, I can't see her wearing a super girly skirt so they gave her pants and like that, you know, it makes sense and each character has very, very distinctive personality throughout their outfits. I love, love, love that.
0: And Payne's um, also like, she's wearing like all dark colors, like a lot of it's black. And also like that just goes with like how her character is. Like she's sort of like the brooding type, especially mm-hmm. early on because like she's like, I'm not really going to talk about my past or anything.
1: One thing also worth mentioning is that um depending on what dress here they have, sometimes the characters will have like callbacks and weaponry Yeah. Um, To the uh, Palm Heisei 10. So, like, Yuna, when she's in her warrior outfit, has Brotherhood, which is like default sword.
0: Like the the watery-looking sword. Yep. Yeah.
1: And then, like, Riku at one point has one of Oren's swords. So that's so cool. Like, it's a really nice, like, Easter egg callback to the last game that they will have those. And it shows that those characters did mean a lot to them because that's how their dress fear shows up. Yeah. hundred percent. It's fascinating. And all those outfits are extremely cute. And I love that. It's literally like magical girl final fantasy.
0: One hundred percent. Yeah, that is exactly right. (laughs) Like, I mean, they don't necessarily have like huge transformation scenes, but like, yeah, it pretty much is like, this is a magical girl game.
1: But they do have transformation scenes depending on what you're doing I mean, like
0: not like super elaborate
1: no I mean yeah. like, it's like 15 seconds maybe but it's right. still really really cool like they they have like a weapon drop and then it shows like a shortcut scene and they transfer him into the outfit it's it's very very magical girl inspired
0: right I'm gonna put you on the spot here all right better song real emotion or a thousand words real emotion huh yeah huh yeah <laughs> i might disagree with you on that but i think like that's, that's just a manner of uh semantics there they're both um, very good
1: they're both very very good and also um worth pointing out that in my opinion the english version of a thousand words is way better than the japanese version
0: yeah they're, they're, like both of those versions in english are very very good
1: really good um I was surprised that they would translate it entirely and get a new different singer. Um, especially because uh Komikuda actually recorded English versions. So, um, but they got Jade from Sweetbox to do the English versions and she did a fantastic job. But um the English version of A Thousand Words has this wonderful, wonderful um scene where they're harmonizing and it's perfection and that it's, doesn't exist yeah. in Japanese.
0: version. Like that that entire scene's actually I think really really cool. Cuz like it also kind of like it goes against like the entire like aesthetic that like oh, Yuna's just a J-pop star now. It's like no. If you really look at it like in her if this was like representative of like how she would sing and perform and everything. It's like it's more like real like soft slow ballad type songs mm-hmm. instead of like poppy J-pop stuff like that. And it's also like it's it's real silly It's like Oh, we're in the, um, what's the place that they're in when they perform? The place with, like, all the they're, lightning. And,
1: they're the Thunder Plains.
0: The Thunder Plains. I thought that was the name, but I couldn't remember. It's like, everyone come to the Thunder Planes. Yuna's gonna perform a song. And everyone just, like, runs out. It's like, all right. <laughs> and then she performs this like, sure. awesome song.
1: Yuna is an extreme unifying power to Spear of Steel. Still. Yeah. Still after two years like yuna is one thing that they can agree on
0: because there, there's a lot of internal strife within like the in, like with a lot of like the the places there like there's just like there's these two groups that are kind of feuding and you know just like i'm not really gonna get involved but like i need to unify everything help
1: yeah i mean because yevin fell apart at the end of ten and when you have an entire Country that's based on a religion and it falls apart entirely like there's gonna be some factions and some tension Right, and I think that's one thing that I really really like about this game is that there's so much like political intrigue and um issues with like the falling apart of the religion and who's gonna be the new leader and all it, I mean, it's fascinating how they pull it all together, but um, it's always Yuna who's expected to save it.
0: Plus, it's not something like you would expect to see in this game, like all that sort of no. political intrigue and and like this these battles between, oh, we should keep the religion or not, and all that sort of stuff.
1: I, it's it's super cool that they even tried to pull that off, and and I, in my opinion, they did pull it off. But I'm saying that. You wouldn't expect that from a game that, like, you see the cover and you're like, oh, it's a bunch of girls and they're going to do J-pop and all. And that in and of itself is very dismissive. Right. Just because it's a bunch of girls as your protagonist doesn't mean that it's not going to be a super in-depth and interesting game. Um,
0: Which I think, like, nowadays, obviously, like, that's... That's totally, like, we would expect, like, oh, there's girls on the cover. Like, we're not going to be like, oh, it's, it's just we're going to dismiss it just because, like, oh, it's girls on the cover. It's going to be shallow and everything. Like, nowadays, yeah, we we expect, like, hey, it's pretty much going to be the same type of story writing that any other game might have. In 2003, though, like, that was still kind of uncharted territory.
1: But has it really changed all that much? Because people still think that 10-2 is, like, the death of Final Fantasy.
0: I mean, you are 100% correct, I feel like, though, perhaps expectations have changed uh, currently than they were in 2003. But I'm not saying, like, oh, that those people are right that they dismiss this game because, like, they thought, oh, it's girls, it's shallow, it's all this dumb bullshit. So I just feel like we've kind of gotten better in terms of, like, overall games, per se. I don't know. But there's still going to be those assholes who dismiss anything. Like, you look, ba- you look back a few years ago and look how many people dismissed Gone Home. Yeah. Which is, like, if you've never played Gone Home, it's, like, the story of a girl coming back home after a few years being away and learning, like, the learning about, like, what her her sister's been going through and, like, how she's kind of come around to being like a lesbian and all that sort of stuff and everyone's like, oh, it's a walking simulator. It's pushing LGBTQ things onto us. Like, we can't have that. So, I mean, there's always, like, going to be detractors, I think, in terms of, like, anything that's not, you know, huge dudes beating stuff up.
1: Games that can be easily marketed towards women or are overtly marketed towards women are dismissed a lot by the gaming community, period. Yeah. This went through it, Gone Home went through it. Um, Actually, Life is Strange went through it to an extent.
2: Yeah,
0: you were 100% right.
1: Um, Any game that can be seen as feminine in any way is dismissed. Unfortunately, even if it is a wonderful game, which is the case with Mm
2: 10-2.
1: It's annoying, but it's the case. Games are bad. Gamers are bad.
0: Gamers are bad.
1: Gamers are very, very bad.
0: Capital G gamers are bad.
1: Yeah. And I think one issue that people run into with 10-2 is that they tried it when they were, you know, a young teenager or whatever. And then just dismissed it because it wasn't for them and then never went back to it ever. Yeah. Um, And I do understand that, you know, a vast majority of people who, and I don't even know that this is necessarily the case, but a vast majority of people who play this, like, Final Fantasy type of games tend to be, like, dudes. And I don't know that that's always the case because I think Final Fantasy does have a giant fan base that are women. Yeah. But they just get very, very... Upset when there's not a game that's like directly marketed at them, uh, but that's the case with any kind of genre, any kind of title. If it's not marketed at your regular dude, like, oh no, this is the worst game ever. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever.
0: It's very ridiculous that, like, you know, hypothetical number here, like, 85% of games are marketed to like straight white dudes, yes. And then, like, any time, like, that, like, a game goes against the norm, like this, like a Gone Home, like a Life is Strange, probably a, a bunch of other games that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, they'll be like, oh, we don't want this inclu- exclus- inclusivity in games. We we want games marketed to us. Like, why are they not marketing things to us? And it's like, <laughs> like, you get, you get all the games marketed to you. Look at, like, the the trend of games from, like, 2012 to 2015, where it was like, a bunch of the big AAA games was like, here's this depressing looking brown haired white dude on the cover. <laughs> trying to sell you on his game where he's going to shoot some stuff and not feel bad about killing a bunch
1: of people. And I guess I want to talk a little bit um, about my own feelings about this, which I did write a piece on my blog about um Fantasy X-2* and my feelings on it, but I did go through... A, I'm going to call it my dark period where I realized when I was in college and undergrad that people didn't like this game. So I felt like I had to put it in my head and tell other people that I didn't like this game either. And I kind of became like the same parrot of like, Oh, it's too girly. It's not a good game. You know, I, I can't believe there's J pop da da da, And that's not how I feel about this game, and I I lament that I went through those years of talking sh- about Final Fantasy X two because it doesn't deserve it, and it is one of the best games that the the series has produced, and because it did mean so much to me as a teenage girl who was really into video games, because here was a game that I felt like I could really attach myself to and I can have fun with and it is overtly girly which is not necessarily a bad thing because you know as a woman who plays games you know I'm used to playing games that are overtly masculine and that doesn't necessarily make it a bad game automatically so but there is a stigma attached to anything that's overtly feminine as bad Um, and that even comes to you know there's a lot of gender theory on that but if you think about most of the negative terms that are used against men what do they have in common they're usually feminized so um i know this is kind of a lot of gender talk but it's important that you know as as somebody who was a teenage girl who was attached to this game and really really needed these three characters who had a ton of personality but we're also like they were awesome they were badass but they were not afraid to be women I needed that and so it's it, I've come a long way in appreciating this game again and replaying it when I had the HD version I was like yeah okay I tend to is still a plus phenomenal and I will now Forever Beyond Defense Squad And you can read that piece on my blog But um, it's essentially What I just said
0: It's very good though you should you should definitely check it out and I think like even like What you were talking about is like is something that kind of happens to all of us at some point Where like we unfortunately like Get surrounded by some sort of hive mind Mentality whether it's like oh For your case though Final Fantasy 2 10 is bad and then you're like well I guess everyone else is saying it so I I kind of become enculturated in thinking of that as well so like it's something I guess like I think that happens kind of to all of us at some point like I've fell victim to it probably a bunch of other people have fell victim to it but like but like you said like eventually I think you will come to realization that like you know maybe that's like, not exactly what I truly do think maybe what I thought originally was right and like this game is really good and I should be supportive of this game supportive of like how the fact that it shows femininity in a in a different light than what games were doing in, in 2003 or, like, any time around that period. And you just become more of a supporter of that game than what you had been, you know, maybe a year or two before when everyone was, like, hounding you or, like, you just were surrounded by all these negative thoughts about that thing.
1: Well, and it also didn't help that I worked in a, a game retailer for several, several years. And so it was very much... Cool to dump on this game, even right. though it had come out in 2003. And if you look online on the Final Fantasy rhetoric, it's always like Final Fantasy 10 was the last good game, Ten Two 2 was the beginning of the downfall. And, you know, that's kind of the trendy cool. um
0: I think, I mean, I, they're completely wrong because it's the opposite.
1: No, I. I well. <laughs> and, Sorry. No, it's cool. And <laughs> I would argue that it came after that, but. I would say that 10-2 was the last good one that they made. 10 but... and 14. Oh, well, I didn't play 14. I don't I don't really count the online games, unfortunately.
0: I will count it just because, hey, it's literally one of the only good numbered games that they've made in the last 10 years, so...
1: Okay, yeah. Um. But I even, like, I bought merchandise for this game when I was younger. I have, like, a Riku keychain from 10-2. Um, I have the figurines that came out um, and I have I had somebody hand make me a little plush of Riku. like this was a thing that I really, really, really loved and I I really regret that I've ever said that this was a bad game because it's not and it right. never will be a bad game to me ever again because, it just is super, super important, not only for Final Fantasy, but as a whole in terms of gaming. And I, I don't think it gets nearly enough credit.
0: Yeah. Should we talk about the story at all?
1: Oh, whoops. <laughs> I guess we should talk about the story a little bit. We're
0: like almost an hour and we haven't talked about the story.
1: Yeah. Um. So I guess it starts, uh, you get the little side story that was in the international version first, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. Anyway, I don't either so. <laughs> I'll um, take your word for it. There's a very short um side story that you get and they have it in the remastered version as well that has Yuna and she's talking about how how long she can hold her breath for now and she's been training and it shows her and Waka and Riku and you find out at that point that um Waka is going to be a dad and Riku is making fun of him because he's supposedly getting pudgy, um, is <laughs> I guess comfort at this point. And I think that's what they're trying to show is that there's a little bit more of a calm. I mean, it's literally called the calm, but, um, there's kind of relaxation there. Like he's, he's going to be a dad. They're joking around, you know, he's gained weight because he's happy. There's not that constant fear of, you know, apocalypse coming on. Um, and Yuna is still, obviously, upset that Titus is gone, which is why she's showing, like, oh, I can hold my breath now. And you see her, like, whistling, trying to get him to come back. And then there's uh, a sphere that they find. And they've edited, edited it since, but the original version had a character model who looked exactly like Titus, and he was in a prison. And it's very, very fuzzy. And Yuna's is like, oh, who is this? I so have the, to find him.
0: So did they like basically for like the international version and all subsequent versions replace that character model?
1: Um, what happened was the very first version of this they released had the Tetris character model, mm-hmm. and then any subsequent version they released, they have the um, what's his name?
0: Where's my list of characters? Shuian.
1: Shuyin so they have the Shuyin colors on the model right okay um so you can tell that it's not him but so there's always her line of like I found this sphere that looks like you and um so that's essentially like the starting point of her quest is that they become sphere hunters because Unifying or Riku found this sphere that she sees him and she thinks there's hope that Titus is still alive Mm-hmm. so um they form the gull wings and the gull wings are rena rena riku <laughs> yuna and pain and uh, don't Y-R-P- talk
0: about the Riku yuna ship name
1: <laughs> i know uh yrp and um europe they're kind of like a charlie's angels-esque group at that point um, you have brother who is Riku's brother, creative name, who is essentially <laughs> their their pilot. You have Shinra, which you know, clever callback, um, who is basically your genius kid on board. and also he is the um, the weird tie-in that supposedly ten and seven are in the same universe. That's uh, the
0: craziest thing.
1: I know it's been confirmed that that, that is real. and I but I think it's dumb. I-
0: I, I remember like you told me like you're like, Hey you should do this side mission and I, I did that and they're like and they can like they basically talk about that and I was like What the fuck?
1: Yep. Yeah, Shinra is essentially the one who came up with the idea of harnessing like the life energy which is essentially becomes like Mako and Final Fantasy Seven, so
0: <laughs> That's so dumb, but also it's like I don't know, sure. Yep.
1: Yeah, so Shinra Why not
0: tie both of our like popular games together.
1: Why not? Why the heck not? Um, and then there's Buddy who is like your navigator, essentially. Um, and then you have Barkeep. Because why not have Barkeep? His name is literally Barkeep. Um, and they have their, their airship which was um, the Celsius that's been rescued from 10. and
0: It's now the Fahrenheit.
1: It's now the Fahrenheit. Um nice. <laughs> clever and <laughs> all they do is i say all they do but um the goal of the gull wings is to go around and find spheres so that they can see if there's any more hints about Titus. they also right. make money by doing this um so that's i guess the background story of what's happening and you start the game as we've said with Yuna, question mark, doing this giant J-pop stage for all of Spira and um, the old uh, Blitzball Dome. And Luca, is that the name of the place? I think it's Luca. Sure. Anyway, it's the old Blitzball Dome. She's doing their concert. And it's like this beautiful CGI movie. Like It's so gorgeous. And you know something's going down because like Riku's fighting with some guards and Payne's fighting with some guards. You're like, what is happening right now? And honestly, one of the greatest things in this game is, um, you have like a silhouette of Riku when you start it. And then you see her like hit a microphone type thing. And it's like, um, YRP in position. It's Showtime, girls, and then it like starts up. You're like, oh shit. things are going <laughs> down. Um, I I like this scene a whole whole lot.
0: Yeah, it's fun.
1: It's a lot of fun. You you see Yuna question mark and her old summoner outfit, and then she she ends up like, it's so beautiful how it's done. And I don't know how it really works, but it. Comes up into ribbons around her, her old outfit, and then it comes into her, um, her songster stress fear outfit. And it turns out that it's actually not Yuna, which we knew. And that's where you get your introduction to the battle system, which is Boon. Foon. Foon, They get to go fight um, LeBlanc, who is the one who is stolen. Yuna's garment grid. Yeah. And then once you actually get back and get the garment grid um back from her, you see Yuna and she does this like sweet backflip with her guns, uh the tiny bee guns. <laughs> and um they do this crazy like Charlie's Angels pose and I'm like I am so into this game like 1000% <laughs> sold. Like what a good introduction to this game. <laughs>
2: very
0: good.
1: Ah, it's beautiful. So that's the beginning of the story. And there's a lot of, like, side story bits in there, like we were saying earlier. There's a ton of side quests in this. It's yeah. on.
0: Which you basically have to do if you want to get the good ending.
1: Yes. So you get to catch up with old characters, like Kamari's trying to lead the Ronzo. Uh, and you have these Ronzo children who are upset because Kamari doesn't have his horn. So they go on a quest to go find Kamari's horn.
0: And also isn't there like another dude like another like one of them in there as well that's like, You're not being like angry enough. We need like to go fight stuff.
1: They feel like he's too soft. Yeah. And so there's that conflict. Then you have um Waka and Lulu who as we've mentioned, they're having a baby. And Waka is having issues and he doesn't know how to be a dad because he never had like parent presence. And so he's trying to find spheres of his parents so he can understand how to be a dad. Um, all the temples are closed because the religion's dead. There are different factions as we mentioned there's uh, was it you knew you? The Youth League and the New Yevon. New Yevon and Youth League. And then there's also the Machine Faction, which is run by Gipple, who is the most beautiful man in this game. (laughs) Um, So there's the the three new guys are uh, Gipple, Baralai, and um, Nuge. Mm -hmm. And they all, you know they know each other. You don't know how they know each other. And they all know Pain.
0: So like there's there's some backstory between all four of them.
1: You just that at, f- that. at first you're
0: like, well, this is strange, but then eventually like it'll it gets shown. I think like in, in its entirety, like it, there's a um, those are all side quests I think to like get like that entire like the sphere. Crimson
1: Spear side. Quest. Yeah, um, to get the entire story behind them, you have to do the Crimson Spear side quest. But you get enough throughout the game if you don't finish that. To so know where you,
0: you yeah, you, you understand what's happened.
1: Um, but you know that they know each other, you don't know how, and there's all kinds of conflict through Spira because everybody's trying to split between these factions. They want Yuna to back one of the factions. Because if Yuna gets behind them, then, you know, they essentially won. Right. And Gippal is just doing his own thing. He's, you know, in the desert getting materials because of course he is as you do yeah um so Gipple's not really honestly a player in in the conflict but um he tries to be I guess and um
0: he's kind of there by association
1: yeah and then as we mentioned there's LeBlanc LeBlanc who has um the LeBlanc syndicate I can't talk today LeBlanc (laughs) syndicate um who is the rival spear hunting group
0: Eventually, like, at first, like, they're kind of like, oh, this is your enemies that you're going to bump up against quite a few times. But then yeah. later on throughout the game, like, they're just kind of like the goofy trio that you run into every now and then. And then, and then eventually, like, oh, here, they're going to help you out, like, near the end game and all that sort of stuff to, like, help you get where you need to go.
1: Yeah. So originally, like, they're kind of your big bads. And then, as you said, they they kind of shift into more of a comic relief role. And then they help you because there's a lot more at hand than just the LeBlanc Syndicate and dress or um spear hunting. Um it it kind of comes across as like lighthearted at first. Um it's more of a, you know, this is a race to get the most stuff. And then it gets real deep real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um and it becomes way more than just Yuna's quest to figure out what happened to Titus. Um, it's essentially Yuna standing on her own feet and realizing like who she is and what she needs to be for everybody else because there's so many expectations on her and what people want from her and that doesn't necessarily align with what she wants and she ends up being able to really speak for herself and stand up for herself and it's really a great thing to see Yuna just like no this is not okay yeah she grows a lot
0: yeah 100% like there's a lot of like character development throughout this entire game not just with Yuna but like with pretty much like any of the characters you'd you'd seen previously in 10 and like the main characters as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah I mean everybody even the smallest of side characters gets a ton of character growth and it's True, really yeah. well done. And as we have mentioned before, a lot of the 10 characters are way more likable in 10-2 than they ever were in 10. Mm-hmm. Like, Kamari himself gets so much more character development in 10-2 than they ever hoped to make in 10. And he's so likable in 10-2. Yeah. Because you you see more of who he is and him as a leader and what he thinks and like his opinions on stuff. Whereas in ten he was just like, oh, I'm the bodyguard, and you get one battle with him that's important, and like he's a really really interesting character.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So I don't know. Ten did a lot of disservice to these characters, whereas Ten Two is like, you know what? We're just gonna flesh all these guys out. Why not?
0: another reason why I like this game more than 10.
1: Yep. Um, so then I know Vegna gun becomes a big, a big problem for everybody. There's this question of like this super weapon that's under Bevel underground.
0: Yeah. But uh, like also, I think while this is all going on, Yuna, Una is obviously trying to get over to like, or trying to cope with the fact, you know, that Titus is gone. Mm hmm. But she also kind of, like, somehow mixes herself in with, like, a thousand-year-old love story.
1: She does. Yep. Whoops. <laughs>
0: Which is, like, that's... that's It's a weird thing, like, I think in terms of the plot. Like, it, it's strange. But, like, it, it works as well. Because, like, here's these two people that look like Yuna and Titus. But eventually you find out, oh, they existed a thousand years ago.
1: In the actual Xanarchand. Yeah. Um. So... It's Lin and Shuyin, and Lin is the essential soul of the songstress dress sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so the outfit that Yuna wears is actually Lin's outfit, and a lot of the feelings, every once in a while, Yuna will talk about the feelings that she feels when she's wearing that dress sphere, and it turns out that those are Lin's feelings that she's feeling. And she mistakes Shuyin a lot for, for Titus. And one of my favorite moments of Yuna is when you see her, like, extremely jealous because she's like, who the heck is Lin? <laughs> because she thinks that Titus is, like, all about this girl now and not her. And it it's really cute. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, not only does she get entangled in this this thousand-year romance and, like, what ends up happening to, to Shuyin and Lin... But like I said, there's this giant super weapon that's under the Bavel underground, and who's going to control this weapon? And um, it seems, to an extent, that it's going to be Baralai for a while because Bavel is the um, where it's at home of uh, New Yevon, and he's yeah. the, the new Maester of New Yevon. So. um they all, um, they all, meaning Gipple, uh, Nuge, and Barely, go to the Bevel Underground. And a lot of really intense stuff goes down, including uh, possessions. Ghosts. Yeah,
0: because that's a thing, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so the ghosts can possess people. Um, and I, by the ghost, I mean Shuyin. Because Shuyin is a very angry ghost.
0: He's very upset.
1: He is. Um, because he... He thinks that him and Lynn were killed, um, which I mean they were, but he never got closure on it. Right. So he's he's a very pissed off ghost and he, he possesses people and makes them very angry. And Vegna Gun apparently is an actual like alive weapon.
0: Which they so- were they basically made to, to fight sin at some point, but then they're like, No, we don't gonna use this.
1: Yeah, so they lock it underground, but it can flee if it feels danger. And, um, one of the most intense emotional experiences of this game is, um, because of Vegnagun, the far plane is reopened, essentially, which mm-hmm. is where, like, all the, the dead live. And you get the, um, undead, um, like, far plane versions of Yuna's old summons. Right. From Ten that you have to fight. And, like, you can hear her, like, verbally begging with them, like, please don't do this. This isn't you. Like, while they're fighting them. And it hurts. It's so emotional. Because these are essentially parts of her throughout the entire part of Ten. Like, they were her battle system, her protectors. And now she's having to kill them again after she lost them the first time.
0: Yuna has to deal with a lot of loss in this game.
1: She does. And that's one thing that I told you. um, Because we had played Shadow Hearts before this. True, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to make you play games about loss in very (laughs) different ways. (laughs) And this entire game is about loss and how you handle it. Mm Mm-hmm. Period because you have Yuna and her loss you have Spira and their loss of like everything that they know You have Shuyan and his loss you have Lin and her loss like it the entire game is about loss and how you handle it Obviously some people handle it better than others.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: I Don't know how far into spoiler territory. Do you want me to go here?
0: I mean we can do whatever we want
1: That's true. It is like it's not
0: like we've never spoiled games
2: before <laughs>
1: It's true, and it's an old game. Um, So it turns out that um, the Nuge, Berlai, Gipple, and Payne were all on the Crimson Squad. So they were like an elite military force together. Payne was their videographer, if you will. Hence the and Crimson Spheres. Him, crimson Spheres, which she was showing uh, what was happening. And essentially... They were a team that were designed to take on Sin, and I forget exactly the details on how, but they went into the Den of Woe, which is a bad thing to do in the first place. Like, if there's a place called Den of Woe, I'm not going anywhere near it.
0: Still don't go there.
1: Yeah, and so there's the feeling of loss in there, and that's where Shuyen is very, very strong. And so Shuyin possesses all of them, and they shoot each other. They don't die, but they shoot each other. And I think, is it Nuge that he comes out with? One of them he continues to possess, and then they leave. And like he, he sticks around with one of the characters. I think it's Nuge, and then he pops to lie later.
0: I think that's... I think that's right.
1: It's it, it that's how I remember it, but it could be wrong. But anyway, he possesses one of them, and then um, that's how he essentially escapes into the world and starts his chaotic plan. And um, so they all think that they betrayed each other, whereas what actually happened is they were possessed. So there's always this like question of who are you, who are they? What are they doing? That kind of thing. You know, they know each other but they none of them trust each other. That's why. Also there's this weird like side bit of how like Leblanc and Nuge are dating. But it seems more one-sided.
0: Yeah, I think it's more like Leblanc like is
1: in love with Nuge. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um so Shuyan essentially gets the bright idea that he's going to use Vegna gun to destroy the world so he can essentially be with Lin.
0: You know, as um, most villains do, like, hey, there's a big weapon. I could destroy the world. Yeah. No one's ever had this idea before.
1: And there's there's this one scene where Yuna falls into the far plane, and she's mistaken by Shuyin to be Lin, because she's wearing her songstress outfit. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, hugging her and telling, him, uh, telling her, like, what his ideas were. And she's kind of panicking. And then after he disappears, you, you're you like stuck on there. And the, one of the triggers for getting the good ending is you have to mash down like the X button.
2: Oh, and right. She, she
1: just starts whistling like crazy. And then you hear one whistle back. And you're like, whoa, what was that about?
0: Just a random whistle.
1: Yeah. And so after that... Nuge, Berlai, Gipple, they all disappear because they're trying to deal with Vegna Gun. And, and Spira just falls into absolute and utter chaos because they don't know what to do without their leaders. And so they're all fighting each other and just nonsense is happening, which is when they do the, the Thunder Plains concert
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, to try and unite everybody. And that's when you really see what happened because Lynn essentially overtakes the, the big projection screen and shows what happened. Yeah. Um, which is when you get that great, great scene of them both singing. And, um, then Yuna's like, Oh, now I know what happened. I understand why things are so rough because Lynn died and was basically saying that she was in love with him, but he never heard it. He didn't know that. So he's angry and she died peacefully. And I guess it should be mentioned that since this was Xanarkin a thousand years ago, um, this was when the first war was occurring. And since Lynn was a summoner, she was going to be sent to the front lines, which was why Shuyin was trying to get her out anyway. Was Because he was trying to save her life. Yeah. Side note. And then you get the whole plan of like, well, what are we going to do? And Nuge is talking about like basically a suicide mission. And Yuna has her wonderful, wonderful moment where she's like, your plan sucks. (laughs) Like literally, that's what she says. She's like, I don't like it. I don't like your plan. And Yuna just stands up. She's like, no, we're not doing it. That's not what we're doing. And um, they concoct a plan to work together. And stop begging again. They're successful. And... Um, Lynn is able to separate from Yuna and the Songstress Sphere. And basically explain to Shuyin that she loved him. And she plac- placates him. And basically is like, hey, it's okay. And then they get to be together and do whatever ghostly things they do. They disappear. So he gets his closure. And, um, then depending on, uh, what ending you get, Yuna gets her closure.
0: So you should get the good
2: ending.
1: Well, if you get the normal ending, then it shows that the three leaders have united. And they're under a new Spira. And they lament that Yuna couldn't be there, but it shows her on top of the, um, the new airship. And she, um is basically like when in are hair and free and she's like, this is my story and I'll make it a good one. Um, which again is a callback to 10. And that's the normal ending. The good ending is after you've gotten a certain percentage and you have that whistle moment, um, you get a cut scene afterwards where um, you see Titus basically at how he was at the end of 10 where he's like curled up in a boat, like a, a ball underwater.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he breaks up out of the water and you see that he's actually back at the And you're like, Whoa, what's happening? <laughs> and you see the airship, you somehow doesn't break her legs and jumps off of it and goes running at him, and um, they have the really cute moment of like, "Are you real?" "I think so." And um, Waka ends up yelling, "Like, get a room, you two, From the beach, <laughs> um, and so she she gets him back. Is essentially what happens. Is he he's there? He's real. She she gets her happy ending. Finally. You can see Waka's baby which is a super cute baby with a little pom-pom on his head. And so that's that's that one. And honestly I like this ending way better than I like the perfect ending.
0: I don't even remember what the perfect ending like, it, the
1: per- it includes. <laughs> the perfect ending is not even CGI. It's just an in-game cutscene um, in Zanarkin. And it's a little bit more explanation of like that the faith has continued the dream and she's like, are you going to disappear at any point? And he doesn't know. And so she like pushes him off a cliff (laughs) and um, like he's still there. And then you see her standing up on the edge of Xanarchan ruins like you do again, call back to the beginning of 10 when you see Tita standing up there. Mm -hmm. So like the only... Part of that, I guess, is that you do get somewhat of an explanation, but it's it's not really satisfying. And also, like, it is kind of funny to see her just, like, throw him off a dang cliff.
0: <laughs> My old man brought me back here, and I was like,
1: whoa, <laughs> man! My old
0: man put me on the beach!
1: So, it's... I think the good ending would have been a better way to just end it, but... Yeah. Also, the perfect ending is extremely hard to get, because... Every little action in the game is like a tiny percentage of completion.
0: Do so you literally have to be perfect?
1: You have to be perfect. And there's a new game plus so that makes it a little bit easier, but it's still super duper hard to get. I've only yeah. got once. Um so it's it's worth just getting the good ending and then if you want to see the perfect ending, go see it on YouTube. Don't don't kill yourself for it.
0: <laughs> Unless you want to get the trophy for it.
1: Uh, not worth it. Um So I was glad that That in the normal ending And the good ending Yuna Either way Whether he's back or not She gets A good conclusion to her story Yeah It's very satisfying And um I guess that's really It in terms of Like the main story of the game Like I said There's a ton of side stuff Um I was a big big fan when I was a, a younger Anladium of the I mean, it hasn't really gone away, but there's not a whole lot of content on it of uh Gipple and Riku together because there was a very large hint that they dated.
0: That part of you definitely has not changed.
1: No, it hasn't changed at all. I still love those two and I still love Riku with every bit of my being. Um so yeah. It's a good story. It's a little convoluted at points and it doesn't always make sense but um, you know it, it's, it's a love story that Yuna is somewhat involved with but it also is you know a lot of political intrigue and a lot of religious intrigue and you get to see everybody just grow a lot from this story and I appreciate that
0: yeah do you or would you ever want them to come back and make a sequel to this
1: have you heard about the novel that they? Wrote Bar after?
0: barring ten two point five.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> okay. that's a train so, wreck. That's that's a mistake. Um, I think that the only way that I would really want them to do a third one is if it started Riku. I think there's still a lot you could do with her, but I think like the Tidus unit journey is done. Yeah. Um. So I don't feel like they would be playable characters. I wouldn't want them to be playable characters. Um, But I I honestly feel like I'm completely satisfied with where it is. I I don't need another game. And I'm afraid that if I did get another game by Current Square...
0: It wouldn't be good. It
1: wouldn't be good. So, I mean, I'm fine with what it is. And especially since I've seen what 2.5 was like... I'm just terrified of what they might do.
0: You know what's bad when, like, when that thing was only released in Japan and everyone in Japan was like, this is trash?
1: Everybody hated it because it's so terrible. I mean, it's garbage. And it's like, they couldn't just leave well enough alone because Yuna and Tidus get back together. They're happy. Just leave it. You don't have to make, like, exploding heads. And you think I'm joking, guys, but I'm not joking. No, that's, that's legs, completely in there. Heads. God. Um, just leave well enough alone. We don't need it. And there was like the um, audio drama that they put on the, um, the remaster. remaster. Yeah. And even then, like, I'm not interested in what they were trying to sell me on there. It didn't really make sense. It wasn't that interesting. Actually, you know what? If they did a continuation, what they should do is the origin story and have, like, Yuna's dad and Jet and Oren and do their their pilgrimage. I mean, we know how it ends, but that would be fascinating. I'd play that.
0: Yeah, that could be interesting.
1: Oh, man, can you imagine if they had dress fears <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, it could be, like, a three-party game like this with the same kind of battle system without the dress spheres, but... Yeah. Uh, because we got peeks into it, and, you know, they're very different types of characters. I think it'd be fun, but that's. that I would do that, but that's. Meh.
0: It's better than 10 2.5. It's Anything's very, better than that.
1: <laughs> anything is better. But, um, you know, in the same sense of how they did Crisis Core, we knew how Crisis Core was going to end, but getting to the point of that was very satisfying.
2: Or
0: like any prequel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, like even when you know that the main characters are gonna die, like getting to that point makes it a little bit more impactful sometimes. So I'd play that, but um you might not want to deal with more Jet.
0: I mean it's not Titus, so it mm-hmm. won't be it won't be Jet being like, Man, my old man. <laughs> oh wait, that's me.
1: <laughs> See, I I was gonna say that I'm very much on the, the Titus defense squad, but um there's a lot more to that, and we can't discuss it on the Ten Two podcast. But anyway, um, yeah, I love this game.
0: It's a very good game.
1: It's a really, really good game, and I'm sorry that I ever said it was a bad game, and I was wrong, <laughs> because it's not a bad game. It's literally one of the best Final Fantasies.
0: Do you think it would be at all possible for someone to play this without playing 10?
1: I think it's possible, but I don't think you'd get as much out of it. Right. I think it would be like fun because of the mechanics, but I don't think a lot of the story would make sense, or yeah. it wouldn't be as meaningful. Right. I mean, it's a sequel for a reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're you are 100 right. I think that's gonna do it for the show.
1: All right. All right. Well, play Go Final Fantasy pl- X too. Don't, yeah. Don't listen to any of the haters. Because they're out there. And there's a ton out there. I know that I mentioned it already, but if you want to know more about my opinions on this, I did write a blog post about it um, on my website. And it goes a lot more in depth than what I said verbally on this podcast. So, yeah.
0: I also have something about ten too, but I don't remember what I said. So. <laughs>
1: Yours is a combination of Mystic Quest and Tint 2.
0: Yeah, I think it's more just like, here's how Square can be weird and have it work. Not necessarily the same way that yours was, so.
1: Yeah, um, but it's still worth reading.
0: Two good companion pieces to this very podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, for more information from us, though, go to SeasonalLamoreCheckup.com or sc.cool for past episodes. Like our other 30 Final Fantasy episodes we've done now. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a lot. Have we? Uh, six, seven, eight, ten, two, and then the grab bag with World of Final Fantasy in it.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay.
0: So that's five.
1: <laughs> wow. We've done a lot of Final Fantasy. What are we gonna f- do? Nine.
0: That's a good question. Hang on. I'm gonna make some math here. Wait. Wait. How do you math?
1: I don't know. I'm a historian.
0: 7% of our podcasts have been Final Fantasy related.
1: Nice.
0: I think that math's out. 5 oh. out of 35. I don't know. Math's hard. I'm an English <laughs> major, so I don't I don't deal with that. I don't deal with numbers. Numbers are weird.
1: I don't like numbers.
0: But you can go back and listen to all of our other episodes. Like last week, we talked about the Persona announcements, which is a good episode. Fortunately, I was right about something in that episode. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other good episodes as well. You should go check out... Um Go read a bunch of articles on there as well. There's going to be a Persona 2 article sometime. I don't know if it's going to be up by the time this episode comes out, but it should be out uh, maybe either... It just depends on how much time I have to write it. Uh, so it may be either out before this episode comes out or a little bit afterwards, so look forward to that. Um, which I think that's another... That's a Persona 2 Eternal Punishment is another game where, like we just talked about, where I don't know if you could get as much out of it as if you hadn't played... A, Innocent Sin, which I think that's a little bit of it. But even the first Persona game, because there's a lot of callbacks to Persona 1 in that game that are very meaningful if you've played Persona 1. And also, like, also, I'm basically just going to talk about this in the article when I write it. Persona 2 Eternal Punishment is essentially the game people wanted like Persona 4 Arena and Ultimax to be. To be that combination of of 3 and 4 with the older 3 characters coming in to help... But being an RPG, that's Persona 2 Eternal Punishment in a nutshell. Nice. And so very it's they modernize a lot of like the mechanics that Persona One had that weren't that great. It's it's a very good game in a lot of surprising ways. And I'll write about that soon. Soon, soon. Uh, for more from Anladium go to Anladium.com where you can read her ten two piece and other great writings from her as well are on there. If you want to go check all those out.
1: Under reviews.
0: Reviews. Uh, we're on Twitter at twitter.com slash anime checkup, where you can get a hold of us for any type of comments whatsoever. It's a good place Come to talk to. With us. Come chat with both of us. That's yes. where we're both at.
1: If you have opinions on this episode or any other episodes or just want to say hi. We're there. <laughs> Hello. Hello. We're friendly for the most part.
0: And then next week we will figure something out.
1: Yes. I don't know if I'll be in Florida or not, but I am currently in Florida, and I'm going to go try not to melt.
0: You go do that. I'm going to, I don't know, I guess beat Persona 2, try to try beat that today.
1: Now I just want to go listen to the soundtrack for Final Fantasy X-2. It's a good one. It is. Even the not J-pop stuff is really, really good. Yeah. Go play Final Fantasy Ten Two, 2 guys.
0: <laughs> Moral of the story for this episode, the too-long-didn't-read portion of it, go play Final Fantasy Ten Two. 2
1: Yes. Go do it.